Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know the name game? Uh, I feel like I do, but I can't yeah. recall it. Okay. Oh, it goes like this. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, Bovanna. Oh, okay. Hannah, Fanna, Bovanna. Me, my, my Bovanna. Hannah. <laughs> Final of Stroke Awareness Month interviewing Hannah. Speech pathologist Hannah. Boom, intro done. Let's go. Wow, that was. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on I desperately wanted to do the name game because my name rhymes with the banana 100 percent. welcome to the neuro nerds once again say it every week i mean it every single week very special episode specifically because this is the last episode of stroke awareness month and i am interviewing very special guests hannah hannah what's up hannah how are you hi yeah i just hannah, have to say that hannah intro- claire correct yes hannah claire I have Boom. to say that that um, intro lived up to the hype. I, oh, it, it, I'm I'm excited about it mostly yeah. because we've just we just realized Hannah just realized I'm a very simple person and I wanted to do the name game intro because her name rhymes with banana. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's the only reason. I'm really yeah. excited about it. why I say this is a special episode. Obviously, Hannah is an amazing person. She is a stroke survivor as well as a speech pathologist. And How cool is that? It, it's it's super cool. I mean, and as of today's recording, it is speech therapist day. It, it, this day is literally all about you. Oh you know? my gosh! I know. Not you, that I need another day. You know, but no, I no. You you need the day. You need I to do. walk outside and just <laughs> wave at people and say me me right. Take mm-hmm. all the praise. Take all the love. Take all the care because you deserve it. So like yes. twice over because right. it's. Mm-hmm. It's Stroke Awareness Month and it's Speech, pa- speech Pathologist Day. <laughs> I don't even know if that's what you call it, but that's what I'm going to go with. I think, sure, that would yeah. be great. Speech Pathologist Day. Hey, Why not? What a, what a happy Speech Pathologist Day. <laughs> yes. So, and Hannah, it- I, I will ask you, how are you part of this community? If you don't mind sharing with the people your story. Oh, my stroke story. Um, 
Yes, and what a tale it is. Um, <laughs> so back in 2014, um, I don't know how far back we want to go. Um, hey, as far back as, as you would like to share. <laughs> right. <laughs> the year so was 1900. And... <laughs> exactly. My my ancestors immigrated over from Sweden. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. No. And in, so it really starts back, back in two weeks after my 30th birthday. I had just, I had just gotten back from a solo trip to Argentina, from Argentina. I was working out at CrossFit, um, you know, I, the set, the the workout of the day. Uh, Joe, I imagine that you have done CrossFit multiple times. I, I have never done CrossFit <laughs> ever. After, well, I'm surprising at seeing how you live in LA, and I feel like it would be a very LA thing to do. Oh, it's definitely very LA. It sounds like the most pretentious LA thing to do. I'm just not that dude. Well, after the story, you probably won't want to go to CrossFit. Um, but for legal reasons, CrossFit, this wasn't a result of, you know, anything CrossFit did. Um, Good call. Good call. <laughs> no, I can't. I, I can't take on that organization right now. Um, so the workout of the day was you do a set of a set of deadlifts and then you do a set of overhand stretches. So I went and I, I was doing my deadlifts. And I started getting a bulging headache, which was unusual for me because I didn't typically get headaches. But and it was a very specific headache. It felt like something um, was pushing out of my head, like and it was very localized. Um, didn't think anything of it, you know, and I went to the wall and I lifted up my right arm and my left arm wouldn't, wouldn't go up. And my coach, who was standing uh, across the room from me, said, Hannah, are you okay? Are you just goofing around? And I remember in my head thinking, you know, I'm fine. It's just muscle fatigue because that makes sense. Like I, right. I deadlifted so much that my arms won't work. <laughs> like clearly not deadlifting <laughs> correctly if like your arms don't work. Hey, it makes sense um, to me. Right. You know, for those who don't know, deadlifts works the hamstrings. So um, he walks out to meet me. I walk out to meet him left side gives out and it's a just a total i mean it's your classic stroke so for stroke awareness month this is really great because it was facial droop it was um speech slurring it was nausea it was all of the things right you hit all the points i i did i'm an overachiever right so <laughs> just it just gave out they they sit me down they do the classic uh, you know, who's the president? When's your birthday? Touch your, you know, touch your finger to your nose kind of thing. They call, um, I mean, I remember all of it. They call the ambulance, the ambulance comes, they put me into the to the back and they, I remember them asking me if it was okay for them to, to cut off my shirt and my sports bra, which I'm not entirely sure why they needed to do. And I told them no, because I really liked my outfit that day, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's amazing. I was, I was like, nope, nope, I'm going to save that. Um, and yeah, and so what ended up happening was I had a ruptured brain aneurysm or Oof. AVM. They never were able to quite figure it out. Um, but really? something ruptured in my head and there was blood mm -hmm. there. Oh. Um, so in the preceding 
months, not months. I spent a week on the neuro ICU and then um, a week on the ICU and then I transferred into um, into inpatient rehab and was there for about a month. Um, and then from there, I moved back to with my parents to work on uh, rehab stuff back up into Alaska. So I was there for about eight months until I could live independently and then return to Portland. Oh, okay. And th- this this all happened in Portland, your CrossFit experience? Yep. All of okay. that and happened you're in you're, you're originally from um, Alaska? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's born and weird raised. to me. Sorry, that's very <laughs> weird to me. Because to me, Alaska is like, who, what? what is in Alaska? Polar bears? I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't really know that people live there. You know, oh, you're literally yeah. the only person I've ever known to live in Alaska. Oh, huh. I am going to, yep, that is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of people live in Alaska. <laughs> I was like, there's civilization there? That's crazy. It's like houses you, and shit. That's, that's insane. You would be surprised what people have asked me about Alaska. People have asked me if we use the same currency, if we celebrate the 4th of July, if you can drive wow. there. There is, Wait. if it's a state. You Wait, know. Do you guys use this? No, those are dumb <laughs> questions. Look, I, I wasn't aware. I've never met anybody that lives in Alaska. I'm aware that people live there. They just live in igloos. I'm assuming, <laughs> right? Is that what it is? Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. So they Joe. don't know exactly what happened. They they don't know exactly what happened. I say it was a ruptured brain aneurysm, but mm-hmm. we really don't know because I also didn't. It wasn't, I felt the headache, but it wasn't the worst headache of my life, as some people with brain aneurysms have described it. Um, But when they went in to do my craniotomy, or my my angiogram, sorry, when they went in to go do my angiogram, they found another, they found a brain aneurysm. So I just, so I have another itty bitty aneurysm on the other side of my head that is just like a ticking time bomb. It's too small to do anything about. You know, so we just monitor. So you have to get that check. You Mm -hmm. have to get it checked frequently, correct? And every couple of years. In the times that they've they've checked it, has it gotten any bigger? Um, So it it grew slightly a couple of years ago. And Mm -hmm. fun story, my neurointerventionalist said, we need to to do something about this. And it was like, I'd like a second opinion. So I went to another brain surgeon and he was like, no. You don't need to do anything about this, and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna, I'm gonna opt for not having brain surgery." Then you, you might have wanted to get a third opinion just to break <laughs> yeah, the tie. That's, that's that's probably true, but I'm kind of lazy too. And so it'd then, be really funny. No, sorry, it'd be really funny. If your doctor was like, "Oh, you wanted a second? You want a second opinion? You look really nice in that outfit." I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So then I, so then when I went back this last year for to get it checked again, the mm-hmm. same surgeon, the neurointerventionalist who before had said that I did need surgery, said I right. didn't need surgery this time, even though it hadn't changed in size. You know what? You made the right decision by yeah, getting a the, second opinion. And I think more of us should do that. You know, yeah. this is our brain. This is if we don't like something that's happening or something that's being said, let's verify it with somebody else. Just get a, another opinion. You know, technically, you got three opinions. You got the original one, you got the second one, and then you got the original one again, just again. in a different way. Exactly. That so is wild. Does yeah. it concern you that you literally have a ticking time bomb in your brain? Oh, it makes life more interesting. 
I'm just like, <laughs> so whenever I get a headache, I'm like, oh, maybe this is the day I die. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you, <laughs> you Catholic? Because that's definitely yeah. the most Catholic thing to do. I do that. Yeah. I do that. Like, so yeah. I had a high blood pressure induced hemorrhagic stroke. So, and I suffered from migraines my entire adult life, but it was mostly unchecked high blood pressure and stress mm-hmm. and recovering Catholic. So anytime I get a headache, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, it's happening. This, today's again. the day. Again. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Why I don't are we know, going until Doomsday? I've made peace with it. Like I, um, I signed a, um, a pulse. Like a, I was like, I do not want any life-saving measures. I don't want... I don't want anything. And so like, if it blows, like that's it. And I've told my family and I'm like, just kind of. <laughs> okay. The no life-saving measures. What if they're like, oh, here's this pill. It's going to save her life. Nope. No life-saving measures. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. There has to be some kind of specifics. In well, there. Okay. right, right, right. If you want to join the change of face of stroke campaign and be part of the movement, Send your black and white photo to hello at the neuronerds.com. We're going to be releasing videos daily as part of this campaign. So if you're a stroke survivor under the age of 50 and would like to be included in our change the face of stroke videos, please submit your black and white photo, ideally on a white background, to hello at the neuronerds.com. Strokes can happen to anyone, anywhere, from any ethnic background and age. By spreading more awareness of this, we hope to educate and help prevent strokes in the future. Join our campaign, Change the Face of Stroke. Are you looking, okay, are you looking forward almost to having it removed? Well, I mean, it takes my edge off of life. (laughs) Right, that's what I I had. I've, I've spoken to several people who have ticking time bombs in their brain. I did an interview with uh, the COO of Simplecast. That's who we do our um, uh, podcast uh, platform, yeah. everything. And she has a, an AVM on her, I believe her brain stem. Wow. And it's a, it's like a legit ticking time mom. And they're like, okay, we have to monitor it. And they do it every single year because it's like, but it's so sensitive that if they go in and they remove it, like the complications could be intense. Mm -hmm. So her doctor actually told her, she's, hey, if you could deal with it, like if you can mentally deal with this for eight to 10 years, he said, with the way modern medicine is moving, we'll be able to get rid of it without even in in, without an incision. We'll be able to do it with a laser. So that you have that to look forward to as well. You know, like you might just be able to like pop in and be like, oh, hey, guys, I need to get rid of this thing. And they'll go zoop, and then boom, it's gone. That's a possibility. Yeah, you know, I, it's interesting, Joe. Like, I know that I should have it man. Like, I should have the sleeve put on it or something. Right. Um, I've never thought about me actually wanting it there. Oh. You know, Ooh, this idea right. that it, like, I don't know. That's that's such an interest. I don't actually want it there because that would be sick. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> that would be really, really disturbing to be like, yeah, no, I want to maybe die every day or like have more disability. <laughs> but like, that's you know what? Not... It's kind of a thing. It's been with it you is. so long. It's a part of you, you know, it is, it's kind yeah. of like, okay, now it's gone. Am I still that like Drew Carey, you know, the comedian Drew Carey, mm-hmm. he, he had, um, he, he's known for his glasses. He had the laser eye surgery and he no longer needed the glasses. He still wears the glasses because it's become a part of him. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think part of it too is this idea of like, it's the devil I know, you know, like, oh, right. 
you know, so like, sure, it's sitting there and it might grow and it might kill me randomly one day. But if I go in and have surgery to, to like make it better, what if, like, what if something happens during surgery and like I lose the ability that I currently have? Right. You know, right. does that make sense? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a wild. Mind can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Are you in, have you done therapy or are you currently in therapy? Like not like, physical uh, therapy. I'm talking like about mental. like <laughs> like crazy therapy. Not that like you're crazy. Oh, but it cool. What do you with, say? You know what I mean, <laughs> are, is this is this sponsored by BetterHelp? Is, are you trying to yeah, like? Yeah, this is actually. I don't know if you know this or not. This is an intervention that we're having. Got right now. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, I have been in therapy. Okay. Uh, I'm not since I'm in Thailand. I am not currently in therapy. Uh, Well, because it's also Mental Health Awareness Month, and I think therapy is very important. I think we need to kill the stigma of saying the word crazy. I just say it because my heart's full of hate. No, I say it because I'm an idiot, and I think Mm -hmm. (laughs) nobody really pays pays attention to what I say. Anyway, um, I say that because that seems like something that you might want to, like, process out. Because work, work through a therapist, but right. yeah, yeah. Right. No, this and I is did, a yeah. difficult thing. This is a scary thing, and I think emotionally it would be exhausting. Yeah, it only comes up when I have headaches and make mm-hmm. poor life choices. <laughs> oh man, you know? if it was me, that would be every single day of my life. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll do something, and I think, oh, is this making that aneurysm grow? You know, right. and then I'm like. And if it is, do I care? You know? You do. You do. Well, I do, but I also have to live my life. You know, That's so it's, true. This, That's it's true. this balance, right? So, and I also am like, you know, aneurysm death out of all of the deaths, I think wouldn't be that bad of a way to go. <laughs> you know? All right. Do you remember what I asked if uh, uh, you, you did therapy? I'm going to say, yeah, you should have that because these are these are really dark, but amazing thoughts. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, think about it, Joe. Who's better like, than beheading or exactly. it might be better than slingshot into a wall? Significantly yes. better than that. Yes. Or like so prolonged cancer or being like tortured or hit by a car. You know, there's so That's many true. That's very terrible true. ways to die. Like, cool. And you you know what's what's great though? We don't need to have any of those. <laughs> These aren't they we don't have to choose. But I don't I also don't want to I don't want to live forever. And I know I'm well, going to die. You know? Yeah, but okay. Okay. But what if <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, I just saw a UFO on TV. What if there's like this master plan for like, oh yeah, guys, we have this cure thing and we're gonna be able to like live for forever. I don't want to live forever. Really? Do you? I kind of do. I kind of do because there's so many things to experience, right? There's so many things. There's endless things to learn and there's endless ways to grow, you know? And I say this living my second life because I think after my brain injury, after my stroke, this is my second life, you know? This is my second chance. And I just see so many different things and I experience so many of the same things, but in a completely different way. Now, I can only imagine doing that several hundred thousand times over. It would be incredible, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thought. Also, I think growing up Catholic, I have like the fear of death because I was raised with the fear of God. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's this really mind fuck. <laughs> I guess the yeah, best way no, to describe no, it. No, I, I get that. But <clears throat> I grew up in a religious household as well. Not Catholic, mm -hmm. but evangelical Christian. Um, and I don't Hey, just as bad in a completely different way. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. But I don't I don't know if I necessarily fear death. Mm -hmm. uh, that's and I don't beautiful, know. and I, I envy that. Yeah. Well that's also why I can live at peace with um a little That is you know what? That's a phenomenal way to live. Because you're truly living. You're not letting what happened to you stop you. And you're not letting it slow you down. And you're still making bad decisions if you choose to make these bad decisions. I am 100% making bad decisions. I'm actively making bad decisions. Hey, you're in Thailand. And I think that's a great decision to make. So how'd you end up in Thailand? Oh, well, so I, even before my stroke, I knew that I, I always knew that I wanted to live abroad. Um, but there was always a reason not to. You know, I... I didn't want to, you know, when I was in school, I didn't want to get behind from my peers, you know, after college, I didn't want to take a gap year between my undergrad and my master's because I didn't want to, you know, I just, God forbid you start working at 26 instead of 25, you know, right, right. and then I got into a relationship and I got into a job that I liked and I was, I felt pretty like settled in Portland. And then I was like, oh, well, I've got I this love great Portland. Oh, man, One of my the, favorite cities. It's awesome. Um, you know, but I was like, I've got this 401k. Like, I've got this great job. I can't leave this, like, gem. Um, right. And then I had my stroke. And I was like, I. it's too hard. I can't move abroad with a disability. You know, I I traveled and I traveled pretty frequently. But I, mm -hmm. I, tend to, I tended to stay to cities that, like, I knew I could easily like get around and it wasn't right. difficult and I had never gone to Southeast Asia um, before my stroke or after my stroke and then COVID hit and I was like fuck it like I have to like it's it's now or never you know like I have got to figure out a way to like make this happen and so once I had decided that um, you know once I had decided that I really wanted to move abroad I just started <laughs> started spamming, right? Like I found every private clinic, every international school, you know, Department of Defense. I sent out my resume. I, you know, I basically cold called people. Like I was looking at a private clinic in Cambodia. I was like looking at everything. Um, wow. And I happened upon this six month placement in, in Bangkok and things fell together and it worked out and i moved here in january that you know? is all i love thailand thailand was a, the first place that i went um that i traveled internationally so it's it what's funny is it was um my brain injury that led me to travel i never wanted to go anywhere because again <laughs> covering catholic i was in survival mode and mm -hmm. i was taught to just like i don't know just be happy to get through the next day because that's what was a success for me i never had aspirations to do anything big right mm -hmm. as soon as i came to i was like i need i need to get my passport as soon as i got my passport i was like i need to get some stamps on this thing i went to thailand which was a beautiful experience it's one of my favorite places in the world i went to Oh shit! I, have a brain. I don't know if you know this or not, Hannah. I have a brain injury. <laughs> no. It's when were you going to tell me that? 
Chiang Mai. There we go. Oh, Chiang Mai? Yes. Yep, Chiang Mai. Yes, I went to Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai is beautiful. Like, I, I loved it. And I learned the one thing that I did learn, actually a few things. Specifically, if you ever go to Walking Street, that place is amazing <laughs> in the craziest way. Um, in Thailand, there are three spices. There's no spice, there's spicy, <laughs> uh -huh. and then there's Thai spicy. Uh -huh. And Thai spicy is another level. Like, not to be mm -hmm. too graphic, but if you want your asshole to hurt, definitely get Thai spicy. That's just delicious. hundred percent. Yep. Yes. So are you enjoying your time in Thailand? Oh my God, I love it. But it's also hard because it's the pandemic, right? And cases right. are on the rise here. Nobody's vaccinated. They haven't rolled out the vaccinations here yet. Are, so, are you yourself vaccinated? No, because I got here in January before oh. they started vaccinating in the States. You know, um, and then I got here and there there's no way that they're going to the vaccinations. I think they've started vaccinating Thai nationals, but not not foreigners yet. Um, that is craziness. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when when in Thailand. So you're um, you're teaching uh, um, speech there. Well, I um, I'm working as a speech therapist, yeah. So I'm I'm working with okay. I'm working with kids here, and then I um, I have propelled this job into a full time placement in Shanghai, and so I will be Ooh. knock on wood if I can get my China visa, I will be going to Shanghai in August and living that, there that's... permanently. Permanently. Well, it's a two year would... contract, um, oh. and so at least two years. I would love to say that Hannah, I can't wait to meet you. But I, the second place I went in the world was China, <laughs> and I did not have a good experience. Mm -hmm. There was a couple of highlights. It's just a lot different, and we weren't treated very nicely. There's a lot of issues, but I will say that Shanghai Disney was magnificent. Yeah. And right. I know this sounds like the most American response to anything, <laughs> but mm -hmm. one of the most amazing places to eat there is KFC and Pizza Hut. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding, Hannah. You'll experience this. They're like nice restaurants there. No, I, I, I completely agree. There are things that are totally like backwards, and you know, like they love Seven Eleven here. You know, weird. like right, weird. like Seven <laughs> Eleven in the states is where like junkies go and hang out. At least in Portland, right? Oh, I mean, no, 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 no shade everywhere. on no shade on junkies, but like. In Thailand, they're like in most Asian countries, they're like restaurants. You can, yeah, and they're just like your one-stop shop. You can pay your your internet bill there. You can pay your phone bill there. You can like get nice food. You can like anything you need. You can find it at a Seven Eleven. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. As a brain injury or a stroke survivor like myself, it's hard for me to get through reading books due to my injury. But with Audible, I can now enjoy as many books as I want just by listening. Before I started using Audible, I was having trouble reading my brain buddy Mimi Hayes' book. I'll be okay, it's just a hole in my head. But once it popped up on Audible, I immediately put it on my wish list. Read Mimi's book with us. That's right, the Neural Nerds are forming a book club. What a great way for our brain injury survivor community to read books together. And even if you don't want to read the book we're reading, with this free trial, you can select any book of your choice for free. Go to audibletrial.com slash the Neural Nerds. Boom! <laughs> it's so nice too so very nice. clean it's very oh, comforting yeah. it's very nice the one thing i do remember and i'll never forget about thailand 
some of the hardest working people I've ever met. Oh my Everybody God, is nice for the most part. Almost every single person is very kind, very nice. And they're hustlers. Not like Man, I'm a yep. hustle you, but they work very hard. There for, are some of those, that they that, have. but there are also people who will hustle you. Really? Oh my Wait, God. Yes. Have any hustlers? Yeah, you probably didn't know. Hustlers. I don't know. You probably did. And you just didn't know it. <laughs> You know, oh, like, I'm going back. I'm treating everybody like shit. No, yeah. no. I, no. I, I I do say ka to people, right? Was it mm-hmm. ka, ka or, or ka? Well, what's interesting is so apparently uh, there's still so much I don't know. Women and their sentences with ka. Right. So, um, so like if you're a woman, you end your sentences with ka. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. it was just that's how you say like thank you or like. You know, oh, like ka, Swami no. Ka. Um, I, I again, I know two words, and it's like <laughs> hello and uh, thank you, That's and all the, the curse words, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I wish. Um, and you know, I know two words, and I still get them like mixed up. Sometimes I will say thank you when I mean hello, or hey, j- you know, just wait till you go to China. It's gonna oh be interesting. Oh. Also, wait, can I ask your height? I am five ten. You're fine. Get the fuck out of here. Sorry. <laughs> all yeah. of my people, right? All of my survivor friends are all pocket-sized people. Hannah, I cannot wait to meet you. Oh, yeah. So no, I'm in Amazon. Hug. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I can give you a hug because I'm six foot two. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is going to be awesome. Somebody who I don't have to lean down and hurt my back and shoulders no. <laughs> because you're a normal-sized human being. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am like, I was made for pioneer days. You know, I was made for like <laughs> churning butter and milking the cows. Like I was made for a different time. You know, I was not made for this. I wasn't made for this era of pocket-sized women, and especially not you, you, you. You know what? You are an Amazon amongst pocket-sized women, and that's a great <laughs> mm-hmm. thing, Hannah. That's a great thing. And when you're in China, it's gonna blow your mind because that <laughs> yeah. is, they are overall a very short people. I had so many looks like, oh, I think that dude plays basketball. <laughs> well, I'm in Thailand. I've tried to go. Um, I have tried to go clothes shopping here, and I've realized that like I. So when I was in my, I had to quarantine when I first got to Thailand. Right. Um, so you get here and you have to spend 15 days in a hotel. Can't leave the room. Um, and they give you basically scrubs to wear if you choose to do that. Um, and they asked me my size. And so I gave them my American size. You know, it's like, oh, this is, I want to be comfortable. So I'll just put like a large down, right? And <laughs> they give me a large and a tie size. And I kid you not, I could not put one of the pant legs over my, like, I just, it was <laughs> for a child. It was for What's a child. What's funny is, I went to, uh, uh, what was it, the, the Museum of Truth, I believe? Mm. It's like the the museum, it was like, it's all wood, not museum, the Temple of Truth, and it's all mm. wood, it's beautiful, it's most one of the most peaceful moments in life, and I bought a pair of those, like, pajama pants things? I don't mm-hmm. know what you call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And They're I very was like, Southeast oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me get, like, a large. Nope. No. Those are officially now my girlfriends and they're (laughs) tight on her it's so weird it's everything is is uh, a a little bit a little bit different but i do suggest 
They, they are pocket people, but I do suggest everybody, if you get a chance to travel to Thailand, do so. Oh it's beautiful over there. The people, and I and I can't stress this enough, the people were so kind. So kind. They were and they so were nice. So just the, the the best people, the best food. It is it is paradise here. Um, and I hope I can leave my apartment someday. <laughs> <laughs> Two things. I will throw my complaints out. I will say that the electric system, oh. like if you're ever like looking, holy oh, shit, yeah. I'm in a constant state of fear when I'm like, this just gives me anxiety. That's one. Mm -hmm. Two, eh, the sewer system isn't the greatest. Nope. So you're literally, you're walking in paradise and you're like, wow, I am on fantasy island. Everything is beautiful. Holy fuck. That smells like human waste. Like, it'll just mm -hmm. smack you in the face in the middle of looking at something that is just incredible and beautiful. But that's, you know, that's just something that you ha kind of have to deal with while in paradise. Um, have you, do you feel like you've been accepted now that you've been there so long? Well, I've really only been here like four months. That's, um, a, that's a long period of time. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, and because of COVID, I've mostly spent a lot of that time in my apartment. <laughs> oh, you know? I completely forgot about that. Yeah. That's wild. So when you're actually working, is it different now we're in the age of COVID? Well, yeah, because it's all virtual. And I'm working at an international school. So a lot of mm -hmm. my kids are American or British or I've got some, you know, Thai kids. Um, you know, so it's I'm, I'm working with English speaking kids. Okay. Uh, do you miss do you miss working like hand in hand like hey for like a better term hand in hand like in person with these kids oh a hundred percent i mean there is nothing like trying to get the attention of a bored fifth grader over zoom <laughs> you know <laughs> like i i work with this one little boy um and like we all have zoom fatigue but it would be mm -hmm. really hard if you also have a learning disability and you're on Zoom all day, and then you've got me on the other end being like, hey, stop gaming on the side and pay attention to your feelings, because we are talking about identifying feelings, <laughs> you know? Ooh, that's that's a that's a rough one. I'm, I'm a grown-ass man. I don't like doing that. I, I, I know. I imagine you dealing with a kid. <laughs> right, right. So I'm, like, trying to work through, you know, like, identifying feelings and how to, like, so we're working on tone of voice, trying to explain all of this and how you can be perceived by using your tone of voice and trying to do this over Zoom and hold attention. And I'm, you know, it's just a really. So, Go ahead. so post stroke for you, right? Mm -hmm. Did you need a speech therapist? This is what's fascinating about my journey is I so I had my the majority of my career was working, we had talked about this a little bit before, was working in mm -hmm. early intervention, early childhood, so birth to five. Um, but I had, done, I had done a lot of side work working with adults, either in the psychiatric hospital, home health, but also in nursing homes. And because of this variety of population, I um, worked with a lot of traumatic brain injury patients and then also stroke survivors. So I was really familiar with the tests, you know, the cognitive rehab aspect of things, because I had been doing it pretty frequently, um, right. not full time, but enough that I, I was pretty well versed in it. So then right. when I had my stroke, I um, 
you know, part of the stroke assessment is to be assessed by the whole rehab team. And so that was also mm-hmm. speech therapy. So the speech therapist comes in um, and I, I believe it was somebody that I had known professionally. Um, so we had been on a, a professional board together. So I knew her um, and she came in and she gave me the assessment that I literally had given to a patient a week before. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember this or are familiar with it, but so it's part of the Boston Diagnostic Aphasia Exam, the BDAE, which is called the cook, the cookie thief picture. Do you remember this? So it's a no. It's this it's this black and white scene, and it's a pretty classic. It's this it's a it's a scene of a mother standing in front of a, a kitchen sink, and the sink is overfilled. Over, overflowing and mm-hmm. then behind her back is a is a boy on a stool trying to reach up and get a cookie from the cookie jar and next to right. the next to the um stool is his is his sister and so you show the stroke patient the picture and you ask them to describe it and so what you're looking for is can they visually scan can they problem solve can they word find you know, can they do social inferencing? Like, what does the mother know? What does the boy know? What's going to happen? You know, so there's there's lots of things that you're testing for in this one single picture. But when she was giving me the test, I could, in my mind's eye, I could see the prompts on the back. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh. like I knew the target words because I literally had given it. And so I was able to just like pop it off you know and be like right. did you did you notice something different though like when you were scanning it like you're like oh i know this yes but were you still seeing it um i i knew the picture and i could see the prompt words on the back in my mind's eye but i i didn't know i didn't ha- i didn't notice any difference in my own processing you know okay um if that's what you're asking right yeah um, yeah, yeah and then i remember you know, and then I remember asking the speech therapist, like, oh, are you going to do this test next? You know, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure. What? So what did you find it difficult to actually take instruction from a speech therapist? Because you're like, yeah, I do this. Yeah, to, I, I we we talked about this in one of the stroke survivor um, support group or one of the clubhouses. The only therapist I didn't like out of my rehab team was my speech therapist. Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, you, you it was like, oh, actually, I would do it this way. Did you have no, some of that? No, it was like, <laughs> it was frustration of like, why aren't you explaining this to me? Like, why are you? Mm. She didn't treat me as a professional. She like, I just, we do. Our personalities just didn't vibe, you know? And right. it was so, I was like, it was also this indignance of like, I had my stroke on the on the, my stroke was right it was right hemisphere, right. and um, I think part of that, part of my deficit too was lack of self awareness, and okay. so I didn't see the need. So I went in to therapy and I was like, I'm fine cognitively, I'm fine. I don't know why I don't know why I need this. Like this is dumb, and I've worked with patients like that, right? And then I right. was that patient. So then I had all of the, I had this feeling of like, this is stupid. Like, mm-hmm. why are you making me do this? So and you were making, such a joy to work with. That's what you're saying. I was an emotional, like I was, 
I was overwhelmed with emotion and then I mm -hmm. didn't want to show her this emotion. And so then I shut down and then because I was shut down, I couldn't communicate. And so then it was just this cycle of like, well, you know, I'm making gestures on a podcast. So that's super helpful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, it works for me. I can yeah, see yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I just like shut down and was like, no, nah, I'm not into this. <laughs> wow. You know? did, did you, yeah. did you finally get over that? No, no, I, I, I basically like gave her the cold shoulder until I was discharged. And wow, you're out. a pain in the ass. That's amazing. Yes. Oh yeah, I, I, I <laughs> so refine my skill for sure. Did Did you take over for where you didn't work with her because you're, you know, you're a speech therapist. Like mm -hmm. you, you, you know what to do. Did you do that with yourself? No, I basically, I basically was like, I don't. I don't really need this. I don't feel like this is where the majority of my deficits lie. You know, mm -hmm. um, like I did enough. I did enough of the work where I felt like I I met their benchmarks. And then right. when I um, I was reassessed, um, I was reassessed when I moved back to Alaska by the speech therapist. And I basically told her I was like, I don't want to use my insurance visits on this, and I want to focus my intention my my focus elsewhere, like OT and PT, right. and and, and that makes sense, though. Yeah. You know, so your your stroke um, decimated one of your sides. Left side, yep. So my my arm is basically non-functional, and I mm -hmm. um, I say it's just there for looks now. Well, and then right yeah. right now, right, right now. now, I I have seen fucking miracles, Hannah. I know someone who didn't move their arm for over twenty years. And it was like 22 years out and started to move their fucking arm. It's really wild. It's it's really crazy. And this thing that is, well, if you don't get it back by this time, then it's over. That's not true. And I hate, I hate that doctors do a disservice to people in our community where they're like, oh, yeah, within the first year, if you don't get this kind of functionality, that's basically it. That's not true. That's not true yeah. at all. You know, I had a, I had my physiatrist tell me that he's like, what you have after a year is what you have. And I oh, like that guy. I, I know. And I the fact that he didn't see how that visibly affected me just like and he was a he was a great dude, like he's a good doctor. But that was a really shitty thing to tell me. That's horrible bedside manner. Yeah, like you just don't do that. And now no. I understand that you play the percentages, right? right. Percentages say this, but yeah, the percentages are high, but they're not like ninety nine percent high, right? From what I understand, it's like around eighty ish percent. Right, but how, like the most important thing for our community is hope. Absolutely, and, you know, and I, I understand fully the appeal of snake oil salesman now right you know because i don't know about you but i chased down everything after mm -hmm. my stroke i was like hmm i wonder if these herbal things could you know like i wonder if rich craft could help me you know like i tried everything i spent right. so much money chasing things you know right yeah um i was going now to physical physical therapy five days a week, multiple days, multiple times a day, you know? Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for a community and support? Well, the neuro nerds are here to help. 
Join our hashtag #YouSoRock Facebook group at facebook.com/groups/YouSoRock to connect with other survivors like you. Plus, read other inspirational brain injury survivor stories on Joe's blog at joesorocks.com/YouSoRock, and submit your stories there as well. We want to hear them. And remember, you, you so rock. rock. Now, a lot of that I think could have been avoided if you actually had a doctor that spoke to you like a person, you know, and not like a doctor. Right. This is what drives me crazy about doctors and patients. Like, we have to be in this together. We're on the same team. You can't look at me and say, I, I had a doctor early on where I was saying, you know, I'm feeling whatever I was feeling. And the doctor's like, you shouldn't be feeling that. And I'm like, uh-huh. I, I, I am. And he's like literally looking at a book. And he's like, no, because this, and I'm like, yeah, that's fine that it says that. The reality is it happened to me and this is what's happening to me now. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm talking to you about. So immediately Mm -hmm. I had to change doctors, but this is what's so frustrating. You know, if we could all like work together as like a community doctor and patient, imagine Mm -hmm. what we can do. You know, the one thing we, you're right. We need hope. You have hope. hope. You have everything that you need. Right. I mean, because I relate my rehab journey. Do you... Are you familiar with the story of Sisyphus? Sisyphus. Sounds super familiar. Remind me. So he was a he was a Greek king that got condemned by um, Zeus for mm-hmm. whatever things back in the day, right? Uh, I think like an affair or something. So Sisyphus was condemned to roll a boulder uphill. Yes. For all of time, right? And right. so he rolls the boulder uphill and then it gets it to the top and it starts back at the at the beginning right and so it's it's been this analogy for the hu- for the human existence for human toil right mm-hmm. um and that's what my rehab feels like it's just this okay. continual never ending pushing of the boulder right? right and then it sometimes it feels like i i get it close to the top and then we just start back at the beginning you right. know and so <laughs> So I'm just like, yeah, I am Sisyphus. You know? Right. Hey, now, does that make it easier to get through your day to days? Or does it make well, it like feel, does it make it feel hopeless? I, so I, I got a poster of, of this, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and at the bottom, there was a quote from Albert Camus that said, one must imagine Sisyphus happy. Um, oh. You know, okay. and so this idea that there can be joy in the toil. There can mm-hmm. be joy found in the process. And I right. think I think if for me, if I am outcome based, I will feel hopeless. If I am process oriented, then I will find joy. And that okay. has been that gap in between the two has been my struggle. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hope you lean more towards the process, right? So think, think of, <laughs> yeah. think of like, um, what, whatever journey, look, look at your travel journey. Okay. Do you want to know what's not fun? Fucking 16 hour plane ride. That's oh, just not six, fun. I love those. You're a liar. Nobody no. likes those long plane rides. <laughs> Joe, do you know what I used to do for fun is what we called mileage runs where I would fly in from Portland to New York. And then I would hang out in the airport for a couple hours and I would fly back immediately. And I would oh do my that God, like Hannah, every you're, weekend. You're insane, first off. Secondly, you're built for this journey. You're built for this recovery journey. You are. If that's what you find entertaining at any point, Mm. this is 
so what's happening like when we get frustrated and we hit that point where it's like oh my god all this sucks that's the stuff that happens in between pages in our books mm -hmm. right this is the stuff mm -hmm. that like yeah those are just uh, that's the stuff we don't necessarily write about like the mundane the struggle every single day mm -hmm. it's not necessarily though look to get to where you want to be like I, I got here yeah but you want to know what's really fun is mm. how you got there it's huh. everything from here until then right yeah how it started brain injury that part sucks it's not yeah. great you know where I want to get? I want to get to whatever it is. I want to get to a, a happier place. I want to get to feel fulfilled. I want whatever your goal is, even little goals. And you hit whatever goals those are. Those are great. Do you want to know what you'll always remember? You're not necessarily that feeling of like success. I did it. I hit my goal. That's great. It's getting to that goal. That means everything. It, it really does. Right. No, and I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think that that is... That's the thing for how I would say that the majority of this process, and I think that mm -hmm. this is true for life in general, not just for stroke survivors, is it's largely mental. And, you know, sure. and this this gap between where we are and where we want to be, you know, and, right. you know, to be growth oriented, to be growth mindset, um, you know. And so, yeah, it's I mean, it's just it's a journey. And cool. What what's your goal in this journey? Do you have goals that you set? Like I want to do this. This is what I want to do. Um, in terms of my physical recovery, in in, 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 in anything as as it means like, just for your stroke recovery, it could be like okay, I have some some physical things that I want to hit. I've got some mental things that I want to hit. I've got some emotional things that I want to hit. Whatever goals, do you have those goals set? Well, that's both a very deep and a very broad question. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's nice that you hit so many targets. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think we may have discussed this before, but I'm looking into getting stem cells here in Thailand. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm excited and, about that. I'm um, actually really excited. Yeah, me too. So I I would love to get to the. I want something to kind of rocket. Maybe not rocket. Like let's manage our expectations. Um, flutter kick <laughs> my um, <laughs> my my movement forward a little bit so to give me okay. a little bit momentum to mm -hmm. then I've been in therapy I know what to do physical right. therapy wise right like I have done the things um, right. I want some new movement to mm -hmm. add a booster to what I can do to make okay. movement easier. I love the joy of going for a long walk and not having it feel like a struggle, you know? Right. And I think a lot of the survivors who have mobility issues know what that feels like. Like the joy of just going for a, a couple mile walk and it just feels like a thousand times more work than it should, right? Right. You know, like that, that would feel like a, a win, a success of right. just like, I'm going to go for a leisurely walk at, you know, for an hour and have that feel good. Right. Right. I, th I think that's a great goal. Like I really do. You know, you need um, some jet fuel in your recovery. You need uh, mm -hmm. you need a little, little steroids, not actual steroids. Who knows? Maybe actual steroids. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I just put some, just inject something into my body and see what happens. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, the, 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 when it comes to stem cells, there's a lot of positive 
feedback that I've gotten back from talking to people who have done mm-hmm. stem cells. Like, wow, it was great. You know, I've had some people like, well, you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was just, you know, like a little bit indifferent, but mm-hmm. more positive than not. So I'm really excited to see what happens. You know, this is like, this is, this is really cool. Now I'm not, oh, this is everything. And if no, it, no, 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 this is like a cool thing, you know? So if it works out great, if not, there's going to be something else. This is what's great. It's great. It is. People are going to be, oh, it's frustrating. Yeah, you. if you focus on how frustrating it is, it's frustrating. Focus on how great it is. Focus on how great it is. There's always something else. There's always There's another opportunity. There's always yeah. a different thing you can do and try, you know? Totally. So I'm excited that there's this really cool thing that seems to have legs. It has some traction to it, you know? It, it and I'm excited to see where could. it goes. It definitely could. I mean, I think that there's no harm in trying. You know, I, um, I really feel like, you know, so here they do. So I met with a functional medicine doctor on Monday and he says Mm -hmm. that they want to do 200,000 cells over five or six injections, two spinal injections, and then two, four intravenous. Um, and then they want to do kind of three weeks of intensive therapy, um, with also like hyperbaric oxygen treatments, you know. Maybe like Michael Jackson. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, I, it's, they also have, yeah, it's going to be, it's, you know, they also use stem cells for anti-aging, so maybe I'll just Benjamin Button this whole existence too, <laughs> right? We don't know. We don't know. Hey, Hannah, I do know. You look like a baby. You look great. I think it's because you're in Thailand. It's yeah. very relaxing over there. And I also say this, I'm assuming you're Caucasian. Um, does the translucent skin give it away? <laughs> the fact that I think the, the, the computer screen is giving you sunburn, that kind of gave it away. Uh, that you're yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. skinned. Well, I, mm-hmm. I say that, you know, because like you mentioned that you were, um, I'm assuming you're, you're in your thirties. You look amazing. Oh, well, well, thank you. You, you do. I am you also know, using a filter. Okay. <laughs> wait, are you really? No, no, no. Oh, I was about to say, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Can you do that like live? That's crazy. I think you can. I um, think you can. Can't you? I, I don't know. I'm, I, if so, I'm going to be like a bunny rabbit in a second. Um, no. <laughs> but I, I, I'm super jazzed to follow your journey through this stem cell, um, I, I guess. I know. Uh, I, therapy? I, Is that what you call it? Stem cell yeah, therapy? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I really admire people who, um, you know, some of our other connections um, that can put their journey more publicly online. I just, I haven't felt that vulnerable. Hannah, thank you so much. You are amazing. I can't wait to do this again. Where can the people find you? Um, I mean, you can add me on Instagram at Auntie <laughs> Boom. I, those will be in, in, in the show notes. I am really excited and I hope genuinely that you're able to share a little bit more of your journey with the masses because I think it would be great for you. I also know it would be great for other people out there. I know I need to get better at it. I it just feels so vulnerable and I just, hey, it's cool. You you have this idiot over here that's gonna be on your side always. You know, we're in this. Let's do okay. this. It's gonna be okay. great. And as we close out, remember, you can follow Lauren at Lauren L. Manzano on Instagram. You can follow me at Joe So Rocks on all the socials. You can follow us, the Neuro Nerds, everywhere. And wrapping up Stroke Awareness Month as well as Mental Health Awareness Month, I want to thank Hannah again. It was nice to meet you. 
And on that note, this neuro nerd is out. Joe, I've got a kiddo waiting for me um, in a Zoom room. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. Go handle work and I'll talk to you soon. 